0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Media MD. I'm Ruben Morehouse. I'm Elliot Devold. And each fortnight on Media MD, we bring each other a piece of media that the other person has somehow missed. That's
1: right, so it's your turn.
0: It is my turn. Uh, we're going back to the realm of TV for this one animated TV shows featuring children. But this is not a young adult TV show to break the trend. This is probably the most explicit show that. The, or oh, the explicit piece of media that any of us have brought to the uh, table. Okay. And that is a TV show called The Boondocks. I've
1: never even heard of it.
0: Never heard of it. Um, I feel like it's kind of a running theme that uh, some of our things have titles that don't quite make sense. Do you want to hazard a guess at what this one's about?
1: I mean, people working in docks? I don't know.
0: Uh, well, maybe I'll cut that apart. <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> um, it's basically a, a comedy about um two african-american children from the hood and their grandfather and their parents die and leave them and their grandfather a bunch of money their grandfather starts taking care of them and he uses their money to move them to a a well-off white neighborhood and it's a it's a fish-out-of-water comedy about about those about them Um, so like
1: animated fresh prince of bel-air
0: yeah kind of except there's no there's not really a grounded um like uh uh, in Fresh Prince of Bel Air, it's about one character moving to this yeah. t- and living with his well-off and rich and kind of snobby um, family. family. Whereas in The Boondocks, the whole family is okay. out of place, and so it's kind of their struggle to, to fit in. Um, and one of the running themes of the uh, one of the running themes of the show um, is something that I would compare to. Do you remember the old the old uh, Chris Rock comedy routine, which is, um, and this is a quote: "Black people versus niggers." With AZ at the end.
1: No, are you familiar? I, haven't, I haven't seen that.
0: No. So it's basically about... It's this old, quite famous comedy routine about how there are two types of African-Americans. Um, the kind of well-off... Uh, the well-off kind of smart black people and then, you know, the, the thugs, the ghetto. You sure. Know? And that's a running theme in this show. Um, the creator, Aaron Magruder, was running this comic strip about these same characters. It was a, you know, like a, a newspaper comic... Um, and that ran for about ten years, and then it became so popular that they spun it off into a TV show. Okay, um, and all throughout, he's been he kind of satirizes uh, uh, American African American culture um, and, and tries to kind of elevate the culture a bit, um, okay. which is interesting. Um, I will mention that we are both. White Australians. Yeah. So we are pretty disconnected from this as a kind of. Uh, well, I did watch Luke Cage
1: last week, so <laughs> a bit of an expert. Actually. Yeah. Um, um, so
0: we're obviously quite disconnected from, <laughs> from uh, black American culture, but um, that's not entirely what the show is about. I mean, you can still kind of get the message that each, a lot of the episodes are putting across, but it's still quite a funny show. Um, and Aaron Magruder, the creator, was obviously very heavily inspired by his culture and also kung fu movies. So it is a weird blend between kind of, um, Western African American animation and comedy and then also crazy martial arts fight scenes and stuff. Okay. Um, so like the soundtrack, the soundtrack is like a mix between like hip hop and rap and then like oriental kind of music. (laughs) It it gets pretty strange, but it's a very good show. It's, it's a very fun show. Um, and also quite a funny show.
1: Okay.
0: Um, so to talk about kind of the message of the show, I want to talk about one, maybe two, one or two episodes in particular. One of the most kind of political episodes of the show is about kind of this alternate history where um, Martin Luther King, instead of being shot and killed, he's shot and falls into a coma and then wakes up in the present day.
1: Okay. And so the entire
0: episode is about him um, trying to kind of re- get his um, get his kind of movement off the ground again. Yeah. Um, and he just finds that African-Americans now are just like, in this show, they're very, very stereotyped as kind of sure. thuggy, apart from some specific characters. And so it's all about him trying to kind of revitalize this movement while African-Americans, the stereotyped African-Americans in the show are like saying, you know, we've got it made. And then they just go off and, and get into gunfights and die as opposed to, you know, pursuing anything. Sure. Um, okay. And so it's obviously it's obviously kind of uh, stereotyped in the show, but you can kind of tell the points he's trying to make. Um, and so that's kind of the running theme of the show. All right. So let me now that we've got that out of the way. Let me talk about the characters. So there are three main characters in this kind of family. There's the two the two sons, the two boys, and their grandfather. Right. Okay. So one of the sons, Huey, is uh is kind of a how do you describe him? He's kind of a radical. He's he's very radical. Um, he yeah. he uh, he goes around and he attends protests and rallies and that kind of thing and he also kind of knows kung fu which comes in a lot um which is a bit weird but uh (laughs) that's kind of how the show is so there's him and he's kind of the the brains of the show and if if there was a main character of the three it would kind of be him and we're kind of experiencing this all through his um eyes and he's kind of the outsider to this kind of thug culture that they that they live in um and so he's he's very much like the example of Martin Luther King, he's trying to elevate the his his culture and his community a bit. Okay. And then there's his brother Riley, who is in a lot of ways kind of the epitome of that thug culture. Yeah, okay. He he runs around and he he like goes around and he, he will commit some like minor crimes. He's like a twelve year old kid, so will like steal hubcaps off a off a car or like steal someone's bike or something. Um, but he also i mean because he 's a fleshed out character, he also has kind of moments of heart throughout the series, but that 's very much who he is, sure and then their grandfather Robert who is who was hinted at going through this kind of um black protest era um he was like a black panther for a bit, and he was with Rosa Parks when she wouldn 't give up her seat and he was kind of at the, all these <laughs> historical moments um as kind of half a joke
1: like he yeah. uh, the joke in one of the It's episodes, just like one of those running jokes. Where it's just like whenever some big event comes yeah, up, he was there. He was
0: there, and and he complains that Rosa Parks got all the credit. While he also was sitting there. <laughs> and it was like, um, there's a scene that plays out where he and Rosa Parks sit like on the bus, and someone's like, "You can't, you can't um, sit there. You have to move." And Rosa Parks is like, "No, I'm staying here." And he's like, "Yeah, what she said." <laughs> and uh, and the headlines is like Rosa Parks. Um, woman doesn't sit at back at bu- of bus and r- Grandpa Freeman's like yeah I was there as well <laughs> and he, he claims he doesn't get credit for any of these things and he's very he is kind of a joke character but he's also kind of uh, he really wants to integrate into this kind of white um, culture okay and one of the scenes in the first episode is him meeting with the 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 kind of white rich businessman who runs their neighborhood and uh, trying to pacify him by offering him cheese and saying like white men love cheese and <laughs> and there's this scene where he's like. Um, the the guy's like, I, I own the bank that owns your house, so you have to suck up to me. And Robert's like, so would you like some cheese? And he's like, yes, I'd love some cheese. <laughs> yeah. And so it's obviously very satirical of yeah. of not just black culture but white culture as well. And this yeah. whole kind
1: of just built on stereotypes. and that's Yeah, and
0: this so. American dynamic, um, in a way that's obviously meant to convey a, a couple of points. Um, and it's it's done very well, and done, it's quite a funny show. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's what I'd. Let me see if there's anything else I'd like to talk about. I'd like to talk about one other character called Uncle Ruckus, who is <laughs> subtle name <laughs> Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, so he's a he is black. He's one of the black characters on the show, and his whole thing about himself is that he's black, but he hates hates black people. And his he, the way he internalizes this is he has a Skin condition, which he often describes as the reverse of what Michael Jackson had, where he was born white and he became black okay. throughout his life. Um, and he's re- he uses a lot of racial slurs. He hates black people. The N-word comes up a lot in this show, but I'm not going to say it because we're both white Australians, so I feel like that's not our place. Um, he's a very interesting character. And actually, the creator, Aaron Magruder, kickstarted a live action movie about Uncle Ruckus, but that never got off the ground, unfortunately. Okay. Um, a bit, well, am,
1: bit ambitious, was it? Yeah, it was, it was <laughs>
0: ambitious. It made, I think, like three quarters of its funding goal. but uh, Pretty good. Yeah, but coming from an animated to a live action, I feel like there was some... Big jump. There was a disconnect there as well between the characters. Um, one more thing I want to talk about is this show has four seasons, uh, and they kind of pulled a bit of a Walking Dead. The first three seasons were made with Aaron Magruder, and then season four he was axed. Um, I'd say just pretend the show has three seasons. The fourth uh, season yep. is
1: pretty, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of shows that that's what I do. When yes. I recommend them to people. So, yeah, yep, French has five seasons, but only watched four. <laughs> exactly. Uh, um
0: thing. This is the same thing. Like the fourth season, it carries over. I mean, it's the same characters and everything, but you can tell that the kind of heart and the bite of it is gone. Sure. Um. So it doesn't really feel the same. Um. Yeah. So I guess that's all I really want to talk about with it. Um. Since there's Three seasons in air quotes of this show. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not expecting you to get through all three, but I feel like this is the kind of thing where if you like it, you're going to get hooked onto it by sure. the first or second episode. So we'll see how far you get. Yeah. Cool. 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 so
1: give uh,
0: it a uh, shot. And, then...
1: okay. and we're back. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two... <laughs> that was a bit weird. Uh, two weeks later. So, um, well, it's actually been closer to three weeks, yes. I think. Yes. Um, so we got delayed a bit, and like I'm sort of bringing that up because I think that really has reshapen what what I'm going to be talking about. Is um, reshaping a word? It is now. Okay. <laughs> um, so I mean, well, so first off, just to set the scene, uh, like on top of what you you said in the first thing, like yeah, it's just the three. The family of three guys, the grandpa and the two kids, and then mm-hmm. moved out to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like, as you said, the whole thing's just sort of built on racial stereotyping, yeah. t- taking it all to extremes. Which I like. Um, as so, a racist myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, y- yeah, what was interesting for me is I didn't enjoy season one. At oh, all. interesting. Like, if I... if, if, if we, It took me about two weeks to get through season one just because I wasn't enjoying it. And so, if we'd actually met up on schedule, mm. I, I probably would have only given it like less than five. But then, just to w- w- right at the end of season one, and then season two, I, I don't know. I don't know if the show changed that much or something just clicked in me, but I just got super addicted. And now I've watched all four seasons in in the week. <laughs> so uh, that we added on. In the first part of the episode, I touched on how season four
0: was. Yeah, they pulled a like a Walking Dead or whatever you want to call it, where they dropped the show, the actual
1: creator and vision yeah. behind the show. How well, did you
0: feel season four stacked up to yeah. season one? Well, I,
1: mean, I I mean, because you, you said you didn't like it as much, yeah. and and I went, uh, I sort of like looked online, and that seemed to be the general consensus. But uh, I, I liked it. I probably not as much as two and three, but I still, I, I still liked it way more than season one. Fair but enough. it it was noticeably different. Like, um, yeah. like seasons one to three dealt with a lot of issues, but it, it almost always primarily came down to. Like race relations in yeah in racial. relations that wasn't as much the theme in season four. Like mm. I noticed, it, like well, apart from that whole like they were slaves again arc, which was like obviously racial. <laughs> yeah. Um. There were there were lots dealing with like, like there was an episode where the grandpa got in a relationship with Siri.
0: I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. a lot of like, season four is just kind of <laughs> gone from um, the brain.
1: So there were very yeah well yeah so the grandpa gets like a phone with Siri in it and then ends up like being in a relationship with Siri. <laughs> And then the Siri starts like stalking him, and it gets okay, really weird. But fair yeah, enough. but like, and like that was just a plotline you wouldn't have gotten while yeah. um while the original creator, I feel, Aaron uh, yeah, Aaron, uh, while he was in charge, yeah. that wasn't the sort of plotlines they were doing. When it was him, it was almost always it like racially very very tangential and everything. But yeah, there was always some sort of race in yeah. like, like undertone, and that really led to I think the best like stories and moments, yeah, those
0: racial moments, like there's... I think my favourite one is, I don't know if I mentioned it in the first part of the episode, but there's a scene where, um, the two boys, Hugh and Riley, and they're kind of f- friends-ish, who are Jin Rummy and, um, something junior, I've forgotten his name. Ah, uh, Wansler. Wansler Jr. Who are these very white, mm. thug characters. They're going around trying to solve a crime, and they stop oh, off yeah. at, like, a gas station, and then, uh, Gin Rummy and Wansler Jr. rob the gas station, which is yeah. owned by these, uh, Middle Eastern people, um... And they have this weird shootout and then at the end they kind of come out and the the gas station attendants are arrested because they're Middle Eastern and the two guys come out yeah. as like heroes for defeating the terrorists Ooh. and it's so bizarre. Yeah,
1: no, because they hold the gas station up, like they're pointing guns at the workers and yeah. then there's a police officer in the thing yeah. and he just freaks out and sides with the white guys. Yeah, because they're trying to
0: convince him that the Middle Eastern guys have a gun. Yeah, yeah. and, and, and he's not holding anything. Work. I'm
1: not holding anything and they're like, yeah. he's got a gun. And the police was like...
0: I think you have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's very bizarre, but it's obviously yeah. I, I, it's moments like that which
1: really lead to the strongest parts of the show. Yeah, I um, and I mean, another strong part of the show for me was like, and again, I didn't like him at all in season one, but by season three, I was in love with Uncle Ruckus. Yeah, Uncle Ruckus, of um, course. Again, Uncle like <laughs> you, you know, they talked about um, you, you talked about uh, the Kickstarter for the movie about yeah. Uncle. Ruckus. I don't know if that would have been a good idea. I think yeah. there were two or three episodes which focused primarily on ruckus, mm. Like And one was called The Color Ruckus. Mm. Uh, and it was based on The Color Purple, which was just all <laughs> sorts of offensive. Um, that was pretty good. Um, but that... Yeah, I don't know if he could carry a whole movie. Yeah, he's a character that's so offensive that he works in small parts. Yeah, yeah. like a like sidekick. But if he's... He essentially became a main like well he's definitely a regular yeah by, by the end sure. of the series like i think he wasn't in it that much in season one but he like he always had at least one or two lines yeah in we should episode. clarify again uncle ruckus is the character that's black but is very 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 racist towards yeah well so he thinks he's blacks. white but he has um like a skin condition which causes his skin to look dark re that's because, it, yeah so, yeah um, the opposite of what Michael Jackson had.
0: <laughs> he says that multiple um, times.
1: That's
0: a pretty good joke.
1: Um, and so, yeah, he, yeah, I mean, he's just like, like, just, he's insane. He's a, well, he's an insane character. But, but I also thought it's interesting be, like, because he, you know, he's constantly talking about how, how much he hates black people, yeah. but then the only two people he ever hangs out with, are uh, Rob, like the grandpa yeah. and, uh, Tom, Tom the, the, lawyer. the lawyer guy. Yeah. And I mean, Tom was another interesting, like, I think that was the good thing about the show is even though they'd have, yeah, they'd like, they wouldn't just stick to one stereotype of each race. Like, yeah, and course. so Tom, Tom was like, like, like the Urkel, like the yeah, the Tom, black guy. Who, he's like who's a lawyer white who's guy. married, a,
0: he's married a white woman and has had, uh, and he's like, he's, he's he kind like, of rejecting his culture a little bit is or,
1: what they, like, they're often making jokes because he was like the whitest person in the show. Like he was yeah. whiter than the white people. Yeah, the show. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so I like that, and uh, I thought Huey and Riley worked really well as a pair, mm. like to base the episodes around because yeah. you could have one about Huey, and, and like Huey was always very like he th- he thinks things through and yeah. he's very philosophical and sort of calm about everything. But then if you just wanted to have something stupid happen, you could just throw Riley in for yeah. five seconds, and Riley's just kind of <laughs> and Riley would just to do drunk, the, yeah. the stupidest thing whatever and you just accept him doing the dumb thing because like yeah. well that is what riley would do sure yeah
0: and and these these characters are kind of built up more than that like there are moments there's the episode where riley takes art classes and yeah kind of has a bit of heart to it and kind of injects some heart into his character
1: so they're not just like two-dimensional characters but they really do work well as a kind of pair to base yeah the show around. E- exactly um i mean yeah i thought i would have liked to have seen a couple of episodes i felt like we never really saw much of the two of them interacting yeah. that much. Yeah. Um, it was only ever... like Because the episode would be about one of them doing shenanigans or something, and the other one would come in and comment and make funny jokes. But there yeah. was never something of the two of them going through stuff together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're I thought they're that would quite have been separate interesting. characters. Yeah. Even though they're brothers, they kind of do their own thing a lot. Yeah, yeah. It would have been good to have like an episode about the two of them bonding. Um, yeah. Like, and- there were a few where they worked together, um, but... In those episodes, the focus would be just as much on whatever was causing like like whether it was uh the grandpa's girlfriends or something yeah like exactly that. rather than them having an yeah, experience like, of their it, own it didn't feel as much like they were brothers as it would in other t v shows when you'd get episodes about them brotherly bonding that sort of stuff,
0: yeah, fair enough, so
1: what was your favorite episode Ooh, um I think it would have to be the one, uh, I think it's right at the end of season two mm. where they, would they give Uncle Ruckus a reality show?
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah. and, and if nothing else, just cause I they... I think are, it's
0: called the Uncle Ruckus reality show. Uh, probably.
1: Yeah. And, um, and, and as well, like the whole thing's just shitting on the, um, the black entertainment network for, yes. for being the worst thing to happen to That happens people. a fair amount. <laughs> um... Yeah, you can really tell the creator, Aaron Magruder, hates BET. Yeah, well, I was reading about it, and, like, originally he was trying to get the show on that network, and they sort of turned it down, because they wanted him to, like, clean it up, so, like, yeah. there, there was clearly a bit of a grudge. A bit of a grudge there, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it. What another thing I noticed about this show is, like, very quickly, like, even after a few episodes, even when I wasn't like it that much, I could just instantly say, I was like, there's, like, four people... Mm. That I would recommend this to, and then a lot of other people who might they won't enjoy because it's very much it's a a lot of the humor of the show is driven by let's be as offensive as possible and and as politically incorrect as possible. Yeah,
0: but I I would kind of compare it to South Park in that way, where it's being intentionally
1: offensive, but it's
0: trying to it's still trying to make a point. It's not doing offensive just for the point of offensive,
1: and and that was like again they had um. It, like comparing it to South Park, I think Huey sort of played that role of like Kyle, where mm. and he'd often have the monologue at the end of the episode where he'd sort of discuss the point or the lesson. They the mind. lesson of the episode. Yeah. Um, but I think my favorite ones were when you'd have Riley give give speeches like that, and because he'd use very twisted logic to make his points, and it, <laughs> like it reminded me of, like this characters like it was sort of like something like Cartman would do, mm. or um, there's a few other TV show characters similar where they like he he'd say something. Uh, just, like, offensive to back up his point. You're like, I, n- I know that's wrong. <laughs> but the point that I'm messages... <laughs> but it sounds that. right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I enjoyed
0: that. And Riley is also good because whereas Huey will... He's kind of a stand-in for the audience in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, and he'll be, like, saying, that's stupid because this, this is stupid because that. Riley will embrace the stupidity and yeah. kind of go with it and then through that, emphasize why
1: everything is, like, the point that they're trying to make. Yeah. Like, uh, so an example of, like, Riley, what I was talking about is, um, I think the grandpa's dating a girl who is a prostitute. Yes. And, um, and so Huey sort of says it's wrong that the, um, the grandpa's sort of just paying this girl to be his girlfriend. And Riley was like, well, you know, what's the difference? You, you're paying all hoes, right? And, yeah. and he was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, well, you know, it's like if I have a normal girlfriend, I've still got to buy her things. i still still got to take her out to, to dinner and pay for that. And he's like, you know, why don't I just give, give her cash and she can spend it on what she really wants? Like she can buy herself noodles and get way more meals out of it. Yeah. And, and you know, there's like there's like an underlying logic to that statement. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, that's like, you know... There's so many more things wrong with it, but there is, there is one little train of... Of, of like, like, actual conscious logic <laughs> in there. Yeah. Yeah. And you, sort of, you, you hear it and you're like, that's not 100% wrong, but it is. So, let's talk about the fight scenes. Yeah.
0: What, <laughs> did you expect this, this TV show to have a lot of kind of martial
1: arts coming I think through, actually? I, well, I did because of what you sort of <laughs> yeah. told me about going in, but I actually expected more particularly in season 1 they were lacking yeah they they, they kind p- of built they, into they it. picked up later like he, and and they got more ridiculous later which i yeah. liked um yeah i mean that whole art style like clearly the faces were very anime like mm. and the, the art style itself was quite anime yeah but the the way the characters bodies were drawn reminded me a reminded me a lot more of like, 90s western cartoons yeah like i uh, like uh, just in the first episode as i was watching the people walk around I was thinking of, like, Captain Planet, um, Street Sharks. I'm probably getting more what? and more niche in these <laughs> references. But, um, yeah, it was reminding me. So, it was, like, this weird mix of kind of anime-style drawing mm. with, um, with like, Western influences as well in the bodies. And I kind of like that. And the animation really picked up in Season 2 as yeah. well. Like, there was I, a I very like noticeable was, difference. Season, season 1, one was merely probably played, had a lower budget. It was and, clearly made on a budget that, yeah. were like, weren't... I think the network was committed to, to spending that much money on this. Yeah. I get that. Um, but, like, yeah, and, like, the movement the fight scenes was very, very fluid. Mm. Um, and then and yeah. then it would get suddenly very anime where it would just be like, wow, wow!
0: Yeah, there's a lot of times where characters will tr- just resolve their problems with fight scenes. Yeah. Which is very strange. <laughs> um, so there's an episode where they... S- where the family sneaks into a cinema, and Uncle Ruptus, yeah. who throughout the show has many, many, many different jobs,
1: yeah, and that's like a running joke. Like yeah, I think he, the, he just works everywhere. at the start of season two. He mentions he has thirty two jobs, and then towards the end of season two, he's like, I have forty seven jobs. <laughs> it's a, yeah, so he's just ever increasing. He's working as an usher, and they've snuck in, and so there's
0: a fight scene between. It's basically a yeah. kind of cat and mouse game that episode of him trying to catch them and yeah trying to escape, um, and then at the very end there's a fight scene between him and uh, Huey. Yeah. And uh, it's very strange. Each of the family, each each character in the show, kind of has their own weird fighting
1: style. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So Hugh is like the kung fu master. Yeah, and he does he does lots of flips and ninja
1: jumps and all yeah. that. Riley will have like guns and will throw chairs and shit at people. Yeah, uh, I, I would say as well. There's a few there's a few close ups and he's very much. It was like boxing style, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like but, MMA. Like, yeah, MMA. Uh,
0: is a, but he also kind of will pull out weapons at times. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, Grandpa Grandpa Freeman will. Use his whip, his his belt like yeah. a whip, and like <laughs> grapple onto things and stuff. Yeah, yeah like Balrog stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange, <laughs> um, but it makes for kind of interesting little breaks in the comedy yeah. to just throw in this random fight scene. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, yeah, I, and yeah, I can't, kind of, I can't kind of like the fight scenes, and yeah, they were definitely those were very much, I would have said Eastern influence. Like, yeah, back to for the, sure. Um, and then I, I guess the only other East and West these the, the music in the show alternates between having like gangster rap style music Hip-hop, and then it would yeah. go to like piano like well, the, the actual background music soundtrack was like piano solos like yeah very like Miyazaki yeah it's very <laughs> I, and so you get like this this like still shot of the house and it'd be playing this like beautiful piano solo and then it would like just cut to someone's room where they're blasting gangster rap
0: or it would cut to like Huey
1: and Riley fighting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, cuts from serene
0: house and music to like hmm complete chaos and musical chaos and
1: but i mean i guess in a way that sort of matches the, the whole the whole show is based on e- extremes and and bringing those extremes together yeah and and so i guess that sort of makes sense yeah uh, that the music would do that as and well. for,
0: for all the eastern influence the show has there's only i think one episode where it kind of deals with that head-on which is the episode the kickball episode
1: yeah yeah uh, is, with the chinese people yeah over. where yeah. there's a there's a kind of um I think it's annual. Or it's an sorry. annual kickball match between the yeah the Woodcrest guys and their sister city in China. Yeah, another billionaire because there's a billionaire who basically runs the town that they yes. live in. Uh, Once yeah, yeah. Uh, And then there's there's another Chinese billionaire, and they just have this rivalry that's played out by the whole town, the the whole of their two cities playing kickball. Playing pick- kickball, yeah. And so there's uh, Huey is like the star of yeah. the the
0: the Woodcrest, the American kickball team I keep wanting to call it football and there's this uh small Asian girl who is kind of the star of the Chinese team and they have this kind of weird rivalry thing um where Huey was retired because he accidentally killed someone playing kickball (laughs) too good yeah um yeah
1: I guess like talking about some of those recurring characters that was a big issue I had in season one I I felt like it was designed for people who'd already read the comic strips or something because they didn't really introduce a lot of the characters or or they they do it in like a throw-off line but like, I feel like I'd almost enjoy it now, going back and watching season one now, because I feel like a lot of the jokes weren't landing, because I didn't understand who this character was. Yeah. And so, I, like, Tom would come in and, and sort of make jokes, and I was just like, but, like, who is this guy? And, yeah. and then Huey, like, he'd be in one episode, and I, I just assumed he was, like, a one-off character. And then Huey would just sort of be talking to him as if they were close friends the right. next episode. And then, like, two episodes later, I found out they're neighbors. And it was just very much like it felt comic strippy and just how yeah that makes sense. Characters would come in and out, and I was like, I don't know who these people are and how they how they link. Whereas then, yeah, in season two, they had um, uh, it wasn't it wasn't gangsta delicious. Who was the guy who moved across the road from them? It um,
0: was uh, like delicious or something. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: like magnificent, magnificent, yeah. Um, he like that. That was part of the turning point for me is yeah when they actually started introducing recurring yeah. characters and why like, there was con- more continuity there. Whereas, yeah, the other time it'd be like, wait, t- this, is this the same person who was in it like three, three episodes, episodes ago? And yeah. it's like, and why are they best friends now? Like we didn't see any of these connections. So yeah, I guess it- I've
0: seen this show so many times that yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I have lost my initial,
0: like season one kind of viewing, hmm. but yeah, that's good points. Okay. So,
1: uh, so you want the number rating? Yeah, give me the number. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll give it a number, but it's it's almost kind of meaningless, because I think you're going to, with this, as I said before, this is kind of show, you know exactly who you are are yeah. going to give it to, yeah. like, I think people are either going to give this an eight or higher, or like, two and lower, like, yeah. like, you know, if you... If they're into that style of comedy. Yeah, exactly. If, if they enjoy, like, offensive comedy, they're yeah. going to love it, if... If they don't, they're going to hate it. Like if they it, don't like being offended, you won't like this show. <laughs> exactly. So, like, I mean, yeah. I, I'm going to give it, like, a high, like, factoring in all four seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, it, high it, seven? Uh, no, I'd give it, like, an eight. Like, oh, I, wow. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, But, like, going, going through each season, like, two and three would be right up there with, like, yeah. nine... Yeah, I and definitely then,
0: agree that two and three are stronger. I I still would think that I I'm surprised you didn't like season one as much. As yeah, and did. no,
1: I didn't enjoy. I was just sort of watching each episode, and I was only getting through like one a day. And I just sort of sit there for half an hour, and I was like, I'd laugh maybe once. <laughs> oh, uh, that's hard. Yeah, I know. And then and then there was just some turning point, and yeah. I don't know if it was the show or if it was me. But then, then suddenly I was laughing at like every second thing that was said. All
0: right. Well, I'd, I'd be interested to see if you go back to season one whether it clicks off yeah, you or not.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see that as well. And and then go back to season two and see if I still notice an improvement. Yeah, because I don't wait. Maybe it was me. Maybe it was. I mean, the there's show. a definite quality. Yeah, definitely for the budget, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you
0: for listening to another episode of Media MD. Elliot unfortunately could not be here in the post role because he is a slacker. But I'm still here to tell you about all our great socials, like our Twitter, which is at Media MD Podcast, and our website, which is Media MD Um, And of course, to give you a little sneak peek of our next week's episode, which is we will be talking about the web serial worm. So try and read that. It's pretty long. It's a about one and a half million words. So uh, see if you can get through that before next fortnight and we'll see you then.